trying to make the word practical to ourselves and to our lives today. It won't seem that way for the first half of the sermon, but it will by the end as we go to that verse that was just read, or other verses as well. Last week, we looked at the Lord bringing under his control the world religious, world's religious systems. We saw that way back when Israel was a nation, God had to bring them under his control. It got to a point where there was no remedy. He had tried everything with Israel. He had tried kings. Before that, he tried the judges. <clears throat> but that just didn't work. They were not obedient. He took them to Babylon. He took them to Assyria. He brought them back into the land. And still they rebelled. He, he brought his son and they rebelled. He has, for 2,000 years, allowed the church to exist. We've done not, not much better, have we? And so, in the book of Revelation, as we looked at last week in chapter 17, prophetically, he has to ring the bell on the church, the religious system, and, and destroy it. Use the world to destroy it. We notice there there was a woman riding the beast, the woman representing the religious system, riding the beast, which represents the, re the political systems. <clears throat> I didn't get around to talking about something I would like, and to start the message, we conclude last week's message. There's a man that started, I believe, the Free Presbyterian Church in Ireland. He did. Some of you have heard of him. Maybe you've heard him preach. I think we've got a picture of him today. Brother, have you got that in your Bible? Okay. Good. Let's have a look at that. <clears throat> I didn't ask him to bring it <laughs> because this, this man's an Irishman too. <laughs> and uh, he met him and I think he preached in his church. Did you not? Yeah, yeah, bring it up here. Thank you. I'll hand it carefully. <laughs> there's, a, there's a shorter man there. He's got dark hair, more hair. <laughs> You'll ask Brother McConnell for a look at this later. There's Brother Paisley with the other man next to him. I won't tell you who it is, but if you had a close. Can you see Bernie? Can you see who that might be? Yes, I, I can. Yeah. Can ID that person? I can. He's yeah. in this room. He's in this room, right. <laughs> Brother Paisley started the Free Presbyterian Church in Ireland. He then went into the political realm in Ireland, become a politician, and the church that he started <laughs> said goodbye. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've seen that documentary on the television here in Australia but he got an opportunity as a politician and I think maybe that's the way the Lord led 
to go into the European community, into the Parliament in Europe. And if you've ever heard Brother Paisley, he's a fairly hoarse but loud voice. And in the Parliament, and you can look it up on your phone if you want to, <laughs> the Pope was there. The Pope came in 1988 to address the European Parliament. And Brother Paisley had told the Parliament his intentions. He was ten rows back in the Parliament. Having an advance, and I'll read this. Having given advance warning of his intentions, Paisley interrupted a speech being delivered by Pope John Paul II in the European Parliament. Paisley, in his loud and distinctive voice, shouted, I, now, I should get Brother Derek to do this <laughs> in his Irish tone. I denounce you as the Antichrist. This is in the European Parliament of the world. You know, and held up a poster reading Pope John Paul, the Antichrist. Now, if the world hasn't been warned... <laughs> now, he got it a little bit wrong because Pope John Paul is not the Antichrist... <laughs> He's the woman that rides the Antichrist. <laughs> but anyway, we'll, give, we'll forgive him for that. But at least the world is unnoticed. And that was in 1988. Brother Paisley has since gone to be with the Lord since then. You see, <clears throat> the Lord has his people at the right place at the right time. And <clears throat> I think that's it's, it's good, isn't it, that the Lord does this for us and has his people there. Well, that's the conclusion to last week's lesson. <clears throat> yes, the Lord is going to progressively and decisively put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. 1 Corinthians 15. We've seen the environment. Folks, he's working on that even before the occasion. Around the world. <clears throat> you just take a look at what's going on and people are wondering what's happening. The, word, the Lord, it, it's not climate change, it's the Lord working. In Egypt, when things started happening there with the plagues, the, the magicians were copying for a little while. And after about, what, three plagues? They said, it's the hand of God. This is the hand of God, <laughs> It's not, we can't keep up with this. And one day in the future, that's what these people will eventually say. They'll recognise the fact. <clears throat> God will let the devil have his way for seven years. How, how long does the devil keep control? In seven years, it's, a, it's total decimation. That's all that he can keep control of the world. And he, God takes care of him. The religious, we've seen that. Today, we look at chapter 18 of Revelation and we'll get to an application before the end of the service. <clears throat> the destruction of the world's financial <clears throat> and political system. They say money is what makes the world go round. <laughs> we have in the communist countries where we get dictators come in, they get control, they get power, they get money, 
And they say that, you know, we, sh we all share. <laughs> it's only that they get the, the, the leaders get the biggest share. <laughs> Big share. <laughs> and all those slaves become more slaves <laughs> and get little of the share. It's not equal sharing. In capitalism, is it any different? The richer are getting what? What do we say here? The richer are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And in the lockdown, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> the richer got very, very rich. And you say, how did they do it? <laughs> they know what they're up to. <laughs> and the poor are getting poorer. The plan is to have all the little uh, lackeys, <laughs> the slaves doing the work and they just sit back and rip. Re rip all the poorer ones off the insider traders and all those people that do that have you figured out how it works yet can you figure out what's going on God is going to bring this to naught this is Revelation 18 the financial and the political systems are going to be brought down and God is going to bring them down and it's mentioned in scripture many times in relation to his second coming <coughs> Listen to what was written in the Herald of Hope. And I've mentioned it some time back because this, is, this article was written in April this year. Be not deceived by the Earth Charter. The Cold War between the Soviet Union and the Western dem democracies ended in 1990 when the Soviet Union collapsed un because of its economic economy failed. The man who was credited with bringing about the change was... Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev initiated the process of change in the Soviet Union and a big shift in international affairs was affected. The Congress of People's Deputies of the USSR, for those that weren't around, that's what it was called, Russia, at that time, the first parliament in Soviet history elected Gorbachev president in 1990. Mikhail Gorbachev was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1990 and since 1992 he has been president of the Gorbachev Foundation. He is chairman of the board of the Green Cross International, an international environmental organisation with branches in more than 20 countries. He has authored 17 books and received 44 honorary degrees. He is an Earth Charter Commissioner and has played the leadership role in the history of the Earth Charter. The Earth Charter claims it is a document with 16 principles, powering a global movement. Together we are turning conscious, consciousness into action for a thriving Earth. The Earth cha <coughs> Charter spells out the global aspirations of the Green Movement and begins with an affir affirmation of the theory of evolution. That's where it starts, with, which is base, the basis of atheistic communism. It makes an issue of the in, inequability or distribution of wealth, which is the essence of socialism. They deny that they are socialist, communist, but that is what one would expect. It seeks a communist takeover by stealth. Gorbachev co-authored the Earth Charter, which lays down the green principles that are being taught to our children in government schools. It is designed to destroy Western democracies 
by changing the thinking of the new generation to a global philosophy on the ruse that we are caring for the environment and therefore for one another. But it is only directed at the free democracy societies. In practice, communist countries don't have to comply while Western nations are burdened with massive debt and crippling regulations. About 20 years ago, discussing, discussing with men that we know and looking at what was happening, I said, this is ridiculous, what's, what's beginning to happen. This is crazy. We are burdening ourselves down and making ourselves pay ridiculous a lot of money, killing our economy. You know, this is about, this is about money. <laughs> this is about countries. This is about control. And I thought, where is it going to end? Well, this is who's behind it. <laughs> I read on. The whole green movement is a communist front to bring down the economies of the free world. Gorbachev was... You know, when, we, when he went off the scene, we thought, oh, he's gone. He was a good man. He let Christianity come to communist Russia. <laughs> he had other plans. They all did. Gorbachev was president of the Soviet Union before he began to head up the Earth Foundation. What the communists could not do by military power, she seeks to achieve by infiltration and indoctrination with green philosophies. I miss... There's a whole lot we could, we could read. I read another portion. Furthermore, since humans are causing CO2, carbon dioxide, levels to increase, we are responsible, responsible for global warming and must reverse the process by reducing output of CO2. CO2, carbon dioxide. Just stop breathing, folks. Um, kill all the cows. Kill all the animals. <sighs> yeah, we've got two vets. They can do that. <laughs> so, keep on referring to you. <laughs> Sorry, Vivian. <laughs> Cheryl. <laughs> but no. <sighs> Look, the globe has been producing vegetation all the time. The leaves fall off into the bottom of the forest all the time. They are producing methane all the time, all over the planet, all the time. And they were producing a lot more than they are now because there's a lot of deserts. <laughs> anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> to achieve a reduction in carbon dioxide, the Green Movement wants to ban all fossil fuels. They're onto the gas now. They said gas was good. Now it's no good. Stop mining coal. The use of petrol or diesel-driven cars. All vehicles are to be replaced by electric power generated by windmills and solar panels, an economic impossibility. The economic, the economic cost of such massive changes is crippling to any eco economy, but that is the whole purpose of the Earth Charter, the Green Movement. Meanwhile, while communist countries continue to build coal-fire power stations, China is allowed to do it till 2060 where are we going to be the western nations and drive petrol and diesel vehicles they grow more and more economically powerful until they can take over the free world and there's a whole lot of other stuff there this is about economy this is about money you say hey preacher you're supposed to be preaching about the bible we'll get there but it's about money and this is a way they're endeavouring and Satan is using this to bring about a control of the whole system. We need to be awake and alert. And last Sunday, the Chinese government did a mock of God. 
they threw down the gauntlet to God. It had come on the news on Monday. They did a mock-up of the Last Supper. Just before the Lord was crucified, he met with his disciples. And they likened the the G7 meeting of the Western world to the Last Supper. If you didn't see it, look it up. Go back in the news. And they had the G7 countries and represented by animals. Uh, Australia was represented by the kangaroo and uh, America by an eagle and England by their country's animal. What was that? Lion and and a bear of the other countries and one was a dog and one was a and they had them at the supper and the cross over over them all it was just it was like a challenge to God God will meet the challenge he will rise to the occasion because One of the men who were at the Last Supper, who was leaning on the breast of the Lord Jesus, right next to the Lord Jesus, wrote about rising to the challenge of the Lord Jesus. He wrote in the book of Revelation, that in chapter 16 and verse 12 of Revelation, he said he was going to use beings to dry up the Euphrates For the kings of the east from Jerusalem, get a map and draw a line across, the kings of the east from Jerusalem is who? It's China. (laughs) With an army in Revelation 9, verse 14 to 16, of 200 million people, men, what nation on earth can produce such a sized army? No other but China. And they have it now if they draw on all of their people to produce that army to come down on the Middle East. And then read in Revelation 19 verse 15, Matthew 24, what the Lord does. And in Zechariah, and I've got all the references you've dared to to read the destruction that the Lord will do on his own, from his own mouth, with the sword of his mouth to that nation that dares to throw down the gauntlet and the challenge to God. He destroys them with the word of his mouth. Praise God that he'll deliver any Christian in China before that into his presence. If you want to challenge God, I say to China, you've got it coming to you. We need to bend the knee and bow before Almighty God and accept him and what he's done for us as his grace is still on offer. But don't, don't challenge him. Don't make a mock of God and what he's done for us. And that was just before, just before he laid down his life for us. And it's, it's, it's almost like a threat to the Western world too. This is your last supper, guys, in the West. This is the last one you're having because we're coming. It's almost a threat, veiled, but it's there. And who knows what might happen in the future, where they're going with this. Okay. 
Enough of that. Let's move to Revelation 18 and get on with the word of the Lord. Revelation 18. And I am indebted to, for this outline that you've got there before you, if you've got one of the little sheets, I think they come with your hymn book, to David Jeremiah, he outlined this, I thought, so well. So give him credit for the outline. The destruction of the financial and political systems, no matter what nation, you see, whether it be Russia, planning it, or whether, and Mr. Gorbachev, whether it be China, whether it be the capitalism in the West and all the things that they're going along with in this system, God has the final say. And this is it. We have it in Revelation. We have the reason for Babylon's destruction. Let's pray. That was the introduction. Let's pray for this and we'll move it quickly. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you. We can have complete confidence and we can do our part, as we meant, was mentioned in the adult class, in history, just fulfill our spot as we move through our lives, that you might have your purpose in our lives, that we might fulfill that and do your will, and that we might pass the baton on to others as they rise after us. And Lord, let us be faithful, let us be true, let us not throw in the towel before we're done. I pray that if there be a non-Christian here, that they'd be warned to flee to the cross of Christ, the finished work that accomplished salvation for all who will come and believe on the Lord Jesus. And we as Christians would not be hiding in the dark in a corner, but come out and warn people and encourage people to follow the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Ask a question as we start this chapter 18. What form of government is the right government? You ever consider that? Oh, it's Australia's government, of course, because we're Aussies. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) It's a pretty good one, isn't it? Because we've learned from a lot of governments from way, way, way back. (laughs) You know, you had the Egyptians... The first ones that came, you know, that you had the flood, then you had Nimrod, that was world government, and then you had God dispersed it all because it was wrong, and then they scattered, and then Egypt, a few hundred years later, they were the first ones that started, and we always refer back to Egypt, and the Assyrians were after them, that was the next empire, then, then you had the Babylonians, then you had the Medes and Persians, then you had the Greeks, and uh, yeah, who was next? The Romans? And now that just continues. But all of them drew something from the other one that was probably good and some bad, and now we've got to where we are. But what form of government is the best government? You know what? If we go through the scriptures, we will find there's a future government coming. It's the kingdom. Thy kingdom come. If you pick out bits from the kingdom that the Lord's going to end and just bring them in... Or if you go back to the kings when there was a theocracy where God ruled over the nation of Israel and pick out some good kings and see when it worked well, how it worked and why it worked well, there you'll find good government. 
And you'll find it best, David. King David and Solomon in his first part. When it, when it was humming really well. <laughs> that government worked well and, and, and kings of the world came and said, well, you know, uh, I heard it, but I wasn't told the half of the business was going on here. The wisdom and the things that were so working well. Well, this, it's not Australia's government, <laughs> though we'd like to think so. A proud Aussie or a proud American or whatever. <laughs> but it's God's form of government. And it's going to be, I've been told this when I was only a teenager, a benevolent dictatorship where you've got the righteous king governing the world who will only see righteousness happen. No bribery, no one to pay off, no one taking a bribe under the table, but perfect dictatorship and private ownership, every man under his own fig tree. It says that in scripture. Draw that from Old Testament kingdom passages. And that is the way it'll work in the kingdom. But let's move on. I said we'd get to this chapter before we run out of time. Chapter 18, the reason for Babylon's destruction and for this political and financial system to be destroyed. In verse 2, why will it be destroyed? Verse 2 says, he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon... The great is fallen, is fallen, and is become a habitation of uh, (coughs) devils and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Because of its iniquity, it is a totally evil place, full of evil spirits. That is the system that is developed today. (laughs) Look, folks, you can become rich if you know how to do it and not even lift your hand to a shovel. You can become rich in this world like people have in the last year, not leaving your computer. You can do it if you just have the right contacts. You can be an insider trader on the stock market and you can become filthy rich and you don't tell your friends. (laughs) And I don't know, yeah, I don't want to know if you are. (laughs) Because most people don't say when they become that way. But it can happen. But if you are, there are some instructions for you. We'll give them later to you. But the iniquity that goes along with this. We were in a motel. We went out for a, 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 a dinner when we were in Perth, up the top of a, one of those high things. And the, the young people there, they were in business. You could tell. They were rich. They were in mining, yeah, just the way they talked and the things they were talking about. And you thought, we're not in the right company here. <laughs> it's just, just not, not us. <laughs> not me and Jill anyway. <laughs> and you, the things they talked about, the things they, they were mixing with, they're, they're in business over there in, in Western Australia. <laughs> but the iniquity that went with it No, wrong. Evil, the cage of every unclean thing. The reasons for the destruction of this, it's evil, the iniquity, the influence. Verse 3, for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornications. Everybody's involved with this. It's at the click of a button. It didn't used to be like this, but now you can do it at the click of a button. 
It used to be if you wanted to be involved in the share market, you had to be down there and throwing tickets around. You used to see that? And, and uh, what is it over in America? The New York Stock Exchange there, and there was fellas up on the board and they were doing this and yelling and screaming, and you said, what's going on there? But now you can be there within half a second, you can be right there on your computer in your home doing that. I mean, not quite yelling, but <laughs> you might be. <laughs> but you can be doing that. That's, and it's, it's all over the world. People in Africa can do it if they've got their, with their computer and got access to the internet. The influence is worldwide. And they're drunk with the, with the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth are waxed with, earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. It's talking about money, 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 right through this portion of scripture. And the reason for her destruction is iniquity, influence, and infidelity. Verse 5, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. What does God, the Lord Jesus, say about money? It is the, the love of money is the root of all evil. And if you're not a Christian, the love of money can get a hold of your heart and make all your decisions be be influenced in the wrong direction. And, and the sins, her sins have reached unto heaven and God hath remembered their iniquities. And verse 6 and 7, reward her even as she rewarded you and double unto her, double according to her works in the cup which she hath filled, fill her double. For how she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so torment so much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, I sit as a queen, I am not a widow, <laughs> and shall see no sorrow. Ho, oh, look at me, <laughs> I am wonderful. I am a queen like, you know, oh, I'm untouchable. Her insolence, that's why she's going to be judged. Her infidelity, her influence, her iniquity, and her inhumanity in verse 13. It says there, And cinnamon, and odours, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves. Uh, they're selling men too. And souls of men. Verse 24. And in her was found the blood of the prophets, and of saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. So there are the reasons why Babylon is going to be destroyed according to God. Secondly, the reality of Babylon's destruction is seen in verse 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judged her. Some say it's a literal city. I think it's more a system, a moral system that's going to be destroyed. <clears throat> the reality of her destruction, in a day, it's going to be destroyed. It's going to be unplugged. God's going to see to it. Verse 21 of Revelation 18. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And I've read this and I thought, oh, New York. <laughs> you know, the, all this goes with it. But any place where this 
financial system, this, this political system that's being gotten together, this globalism that they've been talked about, this system that is bringing into subjection the souls of men all over the world, is grabbing hold of hearts of men and women and getting them so wrapped up with this world and not thinking about the world to come, it's going to be decimated. And whatever craft he be shall be found any more in thee, and the souls of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle, verse 23, shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, by this, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. It's a worldwide thing that God is going to destroy. The reality of Babylon's destruction is seen in this chapter. The reason for a destruction is seen as we've seen. The reaction to Babylon's destruction is interesting. In verses 9 and 10, notice who first of all mourns the destruction of Babylon. Verse 9, the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament her. And they shall see, when they shall see the smoke of her burning, so the monarchs will mourn as has been put in the outline there, standing afar off for fear of her torment and saying, Alas, alas, the great city of Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is her judgment come. Mm. The monarchs mourn her destruction. I know that David Jeremiah says Babylon's going to re be rebuilt and uh, that's his, his literal city will be destroyed. Some say it's Rome. <clears throat> tying it with chapter 17. But the financial system, whatever it be, and the political system will be decimated. And the kings of the earth who had to do with it will mourn. The monarchs will mourn. Secondly, the merchants will mourn. Verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchants anymore. You know, <laughs> when one, when the, whatever it is, collapses... They won't be able to sell their goodies anymore. Verse 15 to 17. The merchants of these things who were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment. What, what is China using to try to bring Australia under the... Uh. <laughs> the selling of our goodies, our wine and our sheep and our, our coal and whatever, you know. We'll get them to make... <laughs> And, and, and they tried the coal, and I think it's increased 30% this year again. They have, and the iron ore, it keeps on going up. The price keeps on going up. And we're going to push it down, it keeps on going up. Uh, There's just a shortage of supply. The demand is there. And you can see it's increasing. The merchants are, <laughs> we'll get it. More money, more money, more money. It just keeps rising. One day, if it collapses, folks, if the price of iron ore collapses, coal will go down with it. Woe betide Australia. <laughs> Woe betide the house prices and everything else. That's what they're, that's what they're telling us, but presently it's still going up. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> shall stand afar off for the fear of it. They're not going to go near this destruction. Weeping and wailing and saying, alas, alas, that great city that clothed in fine linen purple. And you can see them wailing here. The merchants are wailing in verse 17. In one hour, so great riches. They're all wailing the riches. 
uh, comes and uh, the stock market has crashed. <laughs> Our Bilderberg has burned. Everything's gone. But notice something else. Not only the monarchs and the merchants, but the mar- marinas, the, the uh, mariners, sorry, the shipmasters in verse 17 and through to 19. But why? Well, they, they don't get to carry anything anymore. All the ships sitting in port. What, what ships are sitting in port right now? Cruise ships. <laughs> They're going down the gurgler. Because there's no one, well, they are trying to get them up and going, but it's very hard with, the, with this um, COVID thing going around. And uh, those that trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust in their heads. That sounds like bulls when they're going to about fight each other. Pour on the ground, casting up dust and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which were made, were made rich all that had ships in the sea, the mariners, and her, <clears throat> by reason of her costliness. And so we see the destruction of the financial and political systems that collapses because God wants it to go out of existence because of the pain it has caused. Let's go to James chapter 5. Let's make some applications here. And this, James, is for the last times. Because you read it, and it's in the context of the Lord's coming. Chapter 5, verse 1. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for the misery that shall come upon you. Your riches are, what? Corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver. When we were in Perth, we went to the mint. You know the mint where they do the mint, whatever they do in the mint. <laughs> it's not mint smell, mint eat mint, mint on your lamb. It's mint. <laughs> that stuff, mint the money. And <clears throat> there was the people in there, and there was a people in. There, I told you before, I think, and people lined up, and we stood in the line, thinking this is the line to get in to go into there. No. And sir, what would you like? We want to go in. How much would you like to buy or something? No, no, (laughs) we're not here to buy nothing. (laughs) They're the people buying gold and there's lines of them. Okay, there's lines of people buying gold. Well, they were buying gold. Oh, that's security. Um, Your gold and silver are cankered. Notice that? Even the gold is worth nothing. And the rust of them, I don't think gold could rust, but the Bible says it must have somehow go rotten, um, shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You've heaped treasures together for when? The last days. Behold the hire of the laborers, who is that? The poor people that have made you rich. Has heaped, uh, was, has ripped down your fields which is of you kept back by fraud. You haven't paid the laborers correctly. Crieth, and the cries of them who have reaped... You hear all the union men saying what? Amen. (laughs) They cry. I'm not a real labor union man, but you hear them here saying, Amen. Um, Of them who have reaped, are entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. God hears the cries of the people that are poverty-stricken because they have not been paid correctly. That's what it's saying right there. 
You've lived in pleasure on earth and have been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You're living on the fat of the land all the time. And you've condemned and killed the just. And he doth not resist you. He can't resist you. In a communist country, in a capitalist country where people have become so poor, they cannot resist the rich people. That's what's saying. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. It's putting it into the context of the coming of the Lord. Folks, don't despair if you're poor. Put your trust in who? The Lord. He is going to correct it one day. If you go out of here poor, you're in good company. Read Hebrews chapter 11. Sawn asunder, <laughs> cut in pieces, lived in dens and caves. You're not there yet. Uh, none of us have come from a cave this morning. <laughs> Maybe you come out of your you know, cave man your, man, your man cave. Put it man cave, yeah, the other way around. But, well, you had your heater. <laughs> but, praise the Lord, he's provided much for us. The rejoicing over Babylon's destruction is seen back there in chapter 18. We'll go to some more verses. Chapter 18 and verse 20. Notice the rejoicing. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and be and ye holy prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And particularly those that have suffered at the hands of of this political financial system that has taken advantage of so many, so many people. Rejoice over her. And if you've been hurt financially, if you've been taken down, if you've been taken advantage of... Look, <clears throat> a week ago, we got, we got solar panels put up here a few months ago. I found out that the man who put them up has not been paid. The church paid the person that arranged it. And I felt so bad. We paid the man, the middle, the man that arranged it, and the middle man didn't get the money. And here we are as a church. And we're reaping the benefits of not paying power bill because we've got the solar panel. I know what it's like because I've been there and been stung by a middleman. I don't know what to do. <laughs> As a pastor, you know, we've got a reputation, but we paid the bill. So I rung the other guy and I said, listen, what's going on? You know, we paid you, you should pay there. You know, this is not, this is not right. And I rung the fellow that did the job and I said, I'm really sorry. And I asked him permission to ring the other guy and I said, just, you know, try to get things right and move things along, you know. <clears throat> anyway, hopefully it works out. But <clears throat> in other areas, I've been stung financially, really stung. And I just leave it with the Lord. <laughs> My, my, my kids say, leave it, Dad. <laughs> I, got others of the, I got others of the family that say, <clears throat> I do this on letters. <laughs> I say, no, because a pastor is not to take his brother to the Lord. I mean, to the, to the courts. Isn't that right? 
Doesn't it say it in the scripture? <laughs> you, you leave it. It's financial, it's only money. And for money, don't destroy relationships. <laughs> yes, that's what it says here <laughs> somewhere in the scriptures. Rejoice over the Lord will bring people to account. And people that do it wrong will have a guilt conscience for the rest of their lives and they'll live in misery. They'll live with the pain and they'll live with the suffering and they'll live with the physical problems that come to them as a result of what they do. Even in this life. And I've seen it and I've seen it and I've seen it again and again. It happens. God is, God is not dishonoured. He doesn't. His word is true. Our response, folks, our response. Well, I should have got to that before I said that, shouldn't I? Verse 4 of chapter 18. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not her plagues. Christians don't get tangled up with money that controls you. You control the money. Don't let money control you. Old <clears throat> Pastor Doug Couch that started Calvary Baptist Church said this when I was only a teenager. He said this to, to the congregation, not to me. <clears throat> he said, do you control your business? I don't know if he's having a dig at me because I was a business in business at 17. He said, do you control your business or your business control you? I was in church every time the church doors was open, prayer meetings, youth groups, Sunday school, everything. I was there. So it mustn't have been me he was talking to. <laughs> He said, Does you, do you control your business or your business control you? You ask yourself that question because business is about money, isn't it? Ask yourself the question. Because it's back to money. Money, money, money. And old John Wilson that sat right there, just one behind them, I mean the campus, <laughs> said money is made round too and then when he was out of sorts with the Lord he said money is made flat to stack <laughs> and when he was right with the Lord instead of flat stack he wrote on it goodbye mate and put in the offering <laughs> desecrating the currency but we don't advertise that do we <laughs> don't do that you see, God is in control. Praise the Lord. If, if, praise the Lord for rich people that don't let money control them. You know, in the scriptures, and we haven't time to turn, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says there, separate yourselves. Our response should be come out from among them. Touch not the unclean thing. And in that portion in 2 Corinthians 6 and goes into chapter 7, it says, separate yourselves. The, the Lord wants people that are separate. Separate. Look at the, church, the, the uh, people of Israel. When they were separated, God's blessings flowed. When they become mixed, a mingled multitude, the, the wasn't, uh, there was no blessings flowing to them. Have a look at the portion that was read this morning in, in Timothy chapter, <clears throat> First Timothy chapter 6. And there's a charge, there's instructions that are given there. 
Some say gain is godliness, prosperity gospel that we have all around the world today. From such, separate, withdraw yourself, verse 5. Godliness with contentment is great gain. If you can be content with having a little and saying that's what God wants me to have, that's gain. We brought nothing into this world and certainly how much can we carry out? Nothing. Having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. They that will be what? Rich. Fall into temptations and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. What would you, if you were rich, I mean, you've all dreamed about it. If you had a million dollars, you know, a million dollars is nothing now, is it? We used to talk about millionaires. Now we talk about, no, no, no. Now we talk about, yeah, we talk about trillionaires, boggles the mind, but billionaires, that's pretty big. Have you ever dreamed about a, being a millionaire? That's, that's our league, isn't it? <laughs> what would you do if you had it? Want more? Be completely discontent. <laughs> Where would you spend it? Oh, Brother Derek, you had an answer. I didn't hear it. I'll probably go to KFC every time. <laughs> <laughs> Dubai. Wasn't it? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> No, he's sorry. <laughs> Is that still going to happen? Yep, maybe. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd like to go to Israel again, but I don't know if it's safe. <laughs> you see, what about giving it to a missionary? <laughs> what about the soul's that are dying in sin and have never heard the gospel. What about where God's going to do a great thing, yes, in Israel? It's going to happen. It's going to happen in Israel. It's going to happen, folks. That's where God's going to call a lot of men and pump them out into the world, preaching like Paul did. He went all over the known world by foot. If they have to do it by foot, they'll do it by foot, but they won't be stopped in the near future what <clears throat> that's where <laughs> I lie not lie awake that's what I will maybe dream or do wake and say Lord how can we Andrew dreams about it I know he does <laughs> he dreamed about it since he got there you know there was an occasion I'll put it this way this is what happened Andrew built a house in Mount Beauty you remember that when he was single when he went to Israel I said don't sell it you've got something to come back to what did Andrew do after about a few years? He sold it. What did he do with the money? He used it to distribute leaflets in Israel, all of it. Okay. <laughs> there is some backup somewhere. We know. But you see, and then, and then, then there was a millionaire got on. Yeah, I can, I can say a millionaire got in contact with Andrew. And we were in touch with it all and was from America. And he wanted Andrew to do, you know, there was, we're going to go big time. This is some years ago now. We didn't talk about it with the church, but it happened. And then he wanted Andrew to do this, this, and this. And Andrew said, I can do this and this, but I can't do that. 
And you know what the bloke did? He pulled the money out. And Andrew said, no, can't compromise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Money is not going to pull his strings. And when Australian churches have offered and given money to the ministry in Israel, and Andrew finds they're compromising in their music standards or their preaching, the money has been delivered purposely sent back to the church where it come from in Australia and said we cannot take that money now that's not many missionaries will do but he's determined not to use tainted stuff that's the sort of man we've got going now you say that's over the top but folks money can speak a lot of languages but it doesn't speak God's language if it's wrong what do we what should we do well it says in the in the last verses of first timothy 6 charge them that are rich in this world if you're rich that you be not high-minded don't trust in uncertain riches but in the living god who giveth us richly all things to enjoy that you do good that you be rich in good works and ready to what distribute willing to communicate laying up in store for yourselves or for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. It's all about eternity, folks. It's all about laying up some riches in heaven. It's not about here. What's going to happen to the mansions down here? What's the song we sing? The mansions? Mansions over the... That's not, 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 not down here on some green hill. It's over there in heaven. Mansions in heaven. It says in Matthew six nineteen, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, like we read in the other portion, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves where? Treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. You know... <clears throat> If I, if, if I won't ask for it, never would. But if I was to look through your bank account and where you spend your money, you can almost guarantee that I can tell where your spiritual life is at. That tells your spiritual temperature where you spend your money. It does, doesn't it, Brother Wisby? Yes. Louder. Yeah, I know he got a real loud voice. So I couldn't hear him. <laughs> it, it does, folks. It does. And God's looking down. He knows anyway. I don't have to know. <laughs> you. Our response to Babylon's destruction should be praise the Lord. We trust his decisions. We trust his judgments. And we should be able to stand up for Brother Paisley and shout out, Antichrist. <laughs> no, we'd say, woman, harlot, <laughs> whore. Whoa. That would have got him going. In fact, the moderator of the Parliament of Europe <laughs> said, security, take him out. <laughs> That's what they shouted. I, I, I heard the recording. <laughs> and they, they demanded he be taken out. Isn't that what the world wants? Take that loud mouth out. He's saying things we don't like. 
when this go recording goes out, I know when they're turning us off. YouTube doesn't like us. Because Andrew tells, brings me up and says, it was good until you said something. And then it went all fuzzy. <laughs> he said it takes about a week then to come through. He said if it does come through eventually, but they just don't want you to tell me. Or they don't want you to be heard. Praise the Lord. You know, the world can have their systems. The world can have their, have their money. Because it's all going to fry one, one day soon. And it's all going to be brought to nothing. We just enjoy it and use it while we can to bring him, the Lord, the glory. Let's keep on doing it until we can. Praise the Lord that you're giving as you do in the church here. Praise the Lord for the ministries we've got unable to support until he comes and keep, keep doing it. And if the Lord challenges you to do, to do more or to do less, then you do it. But you and I have to answer personally to the Lord, don't we? It's, and as I said, the bank sheet tells us and tells you, tells the Lord where your heart is what's moving you in your Christian life. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You can't serve two masters. You'll hate the one and love the other. Love the Lord. Yes, in the last few years I've had to learn, you know, I argue with the Lord sometimes. I've been in your service. And Troy, you, you, you hit the nail on the head this morning in that adult class. Yeah. It was that video that, yeah, Moses, even though he said, God said, you can't go into the promised land, what did he do? Did he spit the dummy? No, he just kept on serving. You just got to keep on serving, even if it doesn't seem to be going your way, the way you want it to go. You just got to keep doing it. Keep serving the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless as we soldier on until you come or until we go to meet you. Thank you for each faithful servant, and may we commit ourselves to minister for your glory, putting our all, all our effort in for the glory of the Lord, and may you use those efforts for that purpose. And Lord, if there's an unsaved person, they would not maybe understand the message today and would say that's nonsense. But Lord, it is, it is not. It is your word. And it will come to pass. As sure as it's written, it will come to pass. Lord, China, communism, atheism will be brought to naught. All their plans and all their purposes and all their business behind the scenes in trying to corrupt and bring the world to their footstool will not happen completely. Because only the Lord God Almighty will bring this world to his footstool. Lord, bring it to pass in your good time. And bless your children and your people as they strive to do your work. In Jesus' name we pray.